Welcome to Tail Chase. On this episode, I am sitting down with my good friend, Christopher Lee. Graham uh, chose to skip out on our little adventure this weekend, so uh, he's not here. He doesn't get to be a part of this. Missed all the fun. It was a good weekend, man. Yes, it was. It was, it was pretty wild. Yeah, so we, uh, we've been talking about doing a float which I think even maybe two episodes ago, you can hear me and Graham talking about doing a float down on the 11 point. And he did a little trip down there with his girlfriend um, and did some fly fishing down there, got skunked. And so my goal was to not get skunked. <laughs> and we planned this trip for this weekend and um, he had some stuff come up, had some stuff come up. And <laughs> As it uh, happens. Yeah. Uh, wasn't able to make it. So uh, you and Jim Krieger, um, Falcon from down around Springfield came with me and uh, we had a good time. It was my first time ever really doing any kind of m- more than about 20 minute float. And we did an overnight. Uh, it, it was quite an adventure. It was not what I expected. I've had this canoe sitting in my driveway for better part of two years and haven't been able to take it out got it all loaded down (laughs) and it was it was quite loaded down and boy it was i I mean i've been seen some of the rivers down around here it was like way uh, rockier and like actual like riffles and stuff that you're having to pick your way down yeah and and try and avoid rocks yeah but we had a big you know, I don't know, what is that canoe, like 16 foot probably? I think it's uh, 14 foot, 14? I think. Yeah, that's okay. pretty typical. Uh, I've I've floated rivers before. You know, I floated the call a couple times, and that's pretty uh, it's pretty slow meandering. Uh, a few little ripples here and there, so that's kind of what I was expecting, especially mm-hmm. for, you know, a uh, river in the Midwest. But uh, it got pretty hairy there a couple times. Yeah. Uh, almost capsized, what, probably four times? Yeah, yeah, at least. And the, and the worst one, we're coming into this ripple... And it looks like it's not going to be that much of a problem, you know, it, but it was the first one that was kind of shallow that we had hit. And there yeah. were like bowling ball sized rocks. Yeah. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, we're going down the middle of it and just bang, we hit into something solid and about throws us both out of the boat. Cause the, the river's pretty fast. It, it is a, a pretty quick moving river and then swings the boat around sideways in the current and we're banging off of rocks unpredictably that we can't see. And so we kind of both lean upstream so that we can keep the boat from tipping. And when we did that, we both leaned a little bit too much and started lipping water over the canoe. Yeah. I mean, and, that, then, and then you both, we, right as I was leaning out, you did the same thing. We both yeah. leaned downstream and planted and got it stopped. Yeah. And then we're able to work it around the right way after you dropped your paddle. Yeah. And Jim, and Jim <laughs> thank, was ahead of us. And thank God. For, yeah. Thank God for Jim for being downstream. Cause, uh, that would have made things, you know, way more intense, you know, being one paddle down. Cause yeah. he caught it. I mean, he was a hundred yards ahead of us before he caught it. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, we were both, you know, you know, my waist was over the edge of the boat leaning upstream and that was the only thing we could do to keep from 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 tipping because we were coming mm-hmm. at that thing so fast yeah yeah it was crazy and really a cold river 
too, yeah. which was, uh, which is nice. Like, cause it was pretty hot during the day, but especially if you, there was any kind of ripple or anything that whatever effect that it has on the air, man, it mm-hmm. hit those ripples and it dropped the air temperature by 10 plus degrees. And yeah. Yeah. What was the, where, where, where did you put in at? Greer. Greer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we got there and it was, it was warm, you know, it was, mm-hmm. we were unloading and I was, I was already sweating. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this is going to be a long weekend. But we, you know, as soon as you touch that water, you realize that it's, you know, it was cold. It was like getting in a bathtub of cold water. Yeah. It was, uh, it was surprising. Yes, it was. And, and, and pleasantly. So it was like, oh man, at first yeah. we're like, oh, this is going to be a little rough because we're all wet waiting. Yeah. Uh, you know, getting, getting in the river without any waders on and, uh, quickly you realize like oh yeah you acclimate to it and that's what you want you don't want it being warm because then you don't actually cool off when you're in the water yeah but uh, for those of you who don't know who chris is yeah he's a falconer from kansas Uh, i think i met you was it the first time at nafa last year yeah i think so yeah Yeah, i think we had talked on facebook so Mm -hmm. um and yeah just really hit it off and had a great time at nafa for the short time that i was there and then got together again yeah, further on through the season when you guys threw that Kansas-Oklahoma meet down yep. in the Flint Hills. Yep. And had a great time that night, too. And, uh, yeah, I, I, whenever we were putting this together, I was like, I wonder if, if, if Chris would like to come, if this would be something that he'd like to do. And so I messaged you, not really thinking that you were actually going to come and do it because it's like six hours yeah. for you, six-hour drive down here. And I was like, man, that's a long way to go just to float a river for a couple of days. But it worked out well because I'm halfway from where the river's at between you. So you just came and crashed uh, at my place, and it, it made it a little bit easier on you. And I'm, it was it was great having you. Yeah, well, I appreciate you inviting me over, man. I mean, it's I've, uh, I've like I said, I've floated before, but I've never caught trout. I've, I've you know, Graham introduced me to fly fishing you know, kind of taught me how to cast a little bit and mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not blaming him for my bad casting, but he's the one that kind of showed me, uh, you know, some pointers, but, uh, uh, you know, I was really, just really excited and I appreciate you, um, having me over. Yeah, it was a good time, man. Uh, and I definitely am glad, I, I think I mentioned it to you that, uh, you knew how to handle a boat. You yeah. know, I, I had, I, I've been in kayaks and canoes a fair bit but there's always like that refresher yeah. and it took me a little bit to remember, <laughs> Oh yeah, this is what you do here. This is what you do there. And that freaking canoe with all that weight that we had and the two yeah. of us, and it, it turned <laughs> like a dang battleship. It, like, yeah. We were having to powerhouse that thing to try and get it to move at all. Mm-hmm. If there was any kind of current, cause we were just getting tossed around because of all the momentum of that thing. And yeah, there were, there were some hairy moments to say the least, but, um, we, Let's see. Was the first one the first fish that we caught? Was it the one that I caught on the fly? Uh, yeah, on the stream. Yeah, or the first I, first trout. You caught two little. Uh, I don't even know what species they are. Some little minnow that's in there. On they weren't that. Nest. They were like four inches. They weren't that little. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. So we you showed me how to you know uh, fish with those nymphs, and uh, yeah, I got two two little you know three and a half inch, four inch long uh, fish and. Uh, uh, you know, I was, I was all proud about it. I was trying to show off and, you know, I didn't get any credit for it, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we, we snagged those and then we were fishing a little ripple and 
I moved upstream and I was kind of out in the water. So, you know, the water's moving fast, you know, Mm -hmm. up against me. And I, I didn't hear anything, but I came back, you know, to where you and Jim are fishing and you're like, I caught a fish and I thought you were full of it. Yeah. And, uh, um, but yeah, so you, how'd that go? What were you, what were you using? Uh, little like crawdad type pattern streamer. Uh, we've, we've had some pretty good luck fishing the Niangua with those, uh, when me and Graham have gone in the past and just casting it right, uh, directly across stream from me and then letting it kind of drift down a little bit and, and then kind of swing it through the current. So as it, the tension of the line reaches the streamer from your pole, it kind mm-hmm. of lifts that. Uh, that streamer up through the water current or, or what not water current water column and uh for whatever reason that seems to be a, pr- a pretty effective presentation for them that I've, I've caught a handful of fish doing that um and that was the first one that i caught and then you caught one on <laughs> a spinning uh, like a, sp- a spin caster reel and rod right at the head of a ripple <laughs> yeah and and kind of a tricky one yeah and like you you weren't <laughs> expecting to hook into something you know you cast oh one last cast because it was where that spring yeah fit into the river which was supposed to be a good spot and you hook into it just as we're getting ready to go into the ripple and i'm trying to backpedal backpedal but i didn't get caught us in yeah. the current and started pulling us down the ripple so i'm trying to backwards it. yeah yeah because <laughs> i yeah because i did get it spun around yeah to, so that you could fight the fish yeah. and then we're going down the ripple backwards and I'm just trying to keep us off the trees and the rocks and everything. <laughs> and else you did a very good job. Cause we didn't, <laughs> we didn't die. And but, we landed the fish and we landed the fish. Which, yeah. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. We get, we get to the base of the ripple and, and Jim uh, had gone down ahead of us and we're like, caught one. He's like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, we hooked into it right at the, right at the head of the ripple and then rode it on down. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was pretty insane. I mean, uh, thankfully you were able to handle that boat by yourself because I was too excited because I, and I seen that it was a trout mm-hmm. and, uh, I was just like, I'm just gonna land this fish. Like we'll be all right. <laughs> and thankfully you handled that well enough to keep us alive and not, you know, flipping the boat. Yeah. That was pretty yeah. cool. It worked out. That was fun. And that was, I think that was the last fish we caught that the first day. Mm-hmm. And then kind of had a little bit of trouble finding somewhere to camp Yeah, and, and ended up having to go a little bit further down the river than we intended and looking back i think i would have spent more time in the like section that we floated the first like two-thirds of the first day and and fished some more of those spots more thoroughly although we did catch fish on down but those were the areas that were like more dynamic fun to fish trout spots yeah it's supposed to be more prime trout there too right it was a larger bag or larger uh limit not larger limit i'm sorry larger uh, size limit or whatever yeah so you can't take anything uh under 18 inches uh in the blue ribbon section okay so it'd have to be a pretty sizable fish for you to keep it um it's mostly a catch and release program up there and then once you get down past um turner mill I, th- I think is the cutoff point if it's not there as close to it where uh, it switches to you can keep rainbows of any size and browns under 15 inches uh, which we ended up going past Turner Mill which is about the halfway point for us the first night 
to just to find a campsite. Yeah. Because we, we'd see see a good spot and looks like, oh, man, there's so much brush and stuff because we were all three of us camping in hammocks. That we need like we had to be a little bit picky as to where we were gonna gonna be, and then come to this spot we're like oh man this looks perfect, and then Jim gets out and we're kind of sitting there in the back eddy waiting to see and he's like there's people right across yeah. where we just couldn't <laughs> see, so we went on down and ended up finding this little gravel bar, uh, kind of at the base of this ripple and and this uh, curve in the river with this beautiful bluff across from us a little cave up on this cliff yeah that was pretty cool just downstream and ended up finding uh, enough trees to make it work right there with the hammocks and carved out a, a, a really nice little campsite and cooked dinner that night uh, and just yeah sat around and, and talked for a while all exhausted from being out in the sun <laughs> and fishing and uh, Jim didn't catch anything that day and then got up this morning, fried up some bacon and some eggs and some breakfast sausage. And well, sorry. Uh, go ahead. You're getting a little ahead of yourself. We got up this morning. Jim was fishing, and then I got up there. I seen he was fishing. I'm like, I'm I'm just gonna you know throw a line, you know, just <laughs> just to see what happens. And I was threw it, you know, down towards like the little pool at the bottom of the ripples. Uh-huh. And second cast caught it caught another fish another trout yes that's on my right. spinning rod I, that's you know, right but yeah. uh reeled one in and we were in the section that we were able to uh keep that so we we bonked that one and, and turned that into breakfast too and that yeah. was so good we cooked that in the bacon fat and oh man that, uh, may, was, that may have been the best trout i've ever had fresh out really of the river good. oh it was so good yeah so good yeah we, i guess we skipped over some stuff that happened that night too so jim went to bed <laughs> and you and i stayed up and made s'mores with uh reese's peanut butter cups instead yeah. of chocolate yeah which if you haven't tried that i'm telling you it's, it's, it's the craze that's going to sweep the nation i'll never use hershey's again it, oh, man <laughs> so good so good yeah uh, and then you went to bed and i shortly followed you i had to had to toast my marshmallow and, and eat that eat the s'more yeah. um and in the middle of the night i heard something uh, <laughs> crawling like real close I, I had heard shortly after i went to bed there was i heard raccoons getting into the stuff that we had um left out which wasn't much it was uh, a couple corn cobs that ended up not working out for us to eat and they they made off with them and i i, I knew that that was going on i was like ah whatever I, I can tell that's raccoons but then i heard something crawling through the brush fairly close to my feet where I was hanging up and I was like, eh, I don't like that. So I hollered at me and you woke up. You're like, is everything all right? Yeah. You, you get, well, here's, Hey, Hey, get out of here. I was like, what, what's going on right now? <laughs> and I went back to sleep after that. And then I woke up and, uh, you're like, Hey, Hey, do you hear that? There's something in the water. <laughs> Cause we can see, you know, we can see the river. We're right there. Uh, I mean, what, like, 15 feet from yeah. the bank. Yeah. And you're like, it's, it's a deer looking at us. Well, I heard something. I don't, a deer or a bear. I don't know. <laughs> Hang on a second. Okay. So in Kansas, you know, I've camped out in Kansas by myself. You know, I've, I've done you know, my fair share of camping. We don't have big predators. Occasionally, yeah. you know, there's reports of mountain lions and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, uh, 
you know, Missouri has bears. I know they're the only black bears. I know people don't typically get attacked, right? Yeah. But there's still bears, and we had food out. You know, I don't know. I just, it just unnerved me, you know, to an extent. And uh, I put all the food up just so you know before I went to bed. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Good job. <laughs> I think I'm glad somebody did. Minus, minus the corn that I forgot about that was burnt in the fire. <laughs> that was my fault, too. Um, so, I don't know. I I, I, I could have swore I heard something walking in the water. That's what it sounded like to me. Yeah. Because you got the regular ripples, and it sounded like, it sounded like when I was walking through the water. That's what it sounded like here. And then... Like I look out of of my hammock and I see like a black mass, like like out in the middle of the river. Which in hindsight, it was, there's too much current there for the, there to be sta- anything standing. <laughs> <laughs> but it looked to me like a, like a deer or bears, but it looked like it was moving. And so I was kind of like, you know, kind of have flashlights. And that's why I woke you up and I'm like, you know, hey, shine your light out there. And then when you shine the light out there, it, it disappeared. So I'm like, all right, I must be seeing things. And then uh, uh, the following morning, I when I woke up and I didn't say anything to Nick till later because I was uh, a little embarrassed. But there's there was a, like a dead twig with some leaves hanging down in the exact spot where I seen this deer slash bear, <laughs> and uh, it must have been moving because of the the the, uh, the wind or something or my imagination. But yeah, and that's what I figured it was when I looked out there. I was like, okay, I. I think this is probably what he's seeing, <laughs> but I'm not going to say that. Like, I'm like, oh. I don't see anything. I think we're all right. <laughs> um, yeah, but, and then I also woke up, uh, you know, I'm like kind of day, you know, whatever, like lightly sleeping mm-hmm. and hear one of you guys make a noise. And I, I couldn't tell if it was you or Jim, but I'd hear one of you guys make a noise and I'd go, what, <laughs> what, what's up? was the response so somebody else snored and i thought that they said something to me and i was like oh dang it and that happened like probably two or three times throughout the night yeah that's where my wife says the same thing (laughs) you're talking in your sleep you remember that that boulder or whatever that that big splash yeah i don't know what yeah so we're sitting there like getting ready to cook dinner and hear this you know huge like Curse bloosh splash out yeah. in the middle, like just right at the base of the ripples right where we're camping. And nothing came up. Like there's a cliff there, so I don't know yeah. if like a rock fell and kicked off, but, but it was really far back. Yeah, the cliff was far back at that point. I mean, there are like sheer cliffs along the whole, you know, river, but at that point they were kind of a little far back. And this seemed like like it came from the tree that was overhanging the river. Yeah. And it was huge. But it, the tree wasn't shaking. I, it didn't sound to me at all like a fish. You didn't hear beforehand that kind of telltale, like of them breaching the water, you know, where you a lot, yeah. excuse me, a lot of times you'll hear, you know, their tail or whatever coming up through the water. No, it was just the, the big splash and there wasn't anybody else around us that could have thrown something. Yeah. And what, I don't think it was a beaver either. Cause a beaver usually get that whoosh, when they lift their tail up and it's like a slap. Right. This sound like a giant rock hitting the water or something. I don't know. Yeah. But it was, it was, uh, it, I don't know. Everything leading up to the point of me waking up, seeing a bear in the river kind of like set me up for that hallucination. <laughs> <I think. Yeah. laughs> That's my only excuse. Uh, it was, it was interesting. And then, yeah, so we're, we're sitting around Jim's fishing a little bit, made breakfast. You caught that one trout and then some people came and, all the jet boats started. That was insane. Just, how, yeah. Like from that point on, it was 
constant parade of jet boats of people going up and down the river and somebody caught a fish out of our hold right there as we're like sitting there making breakfast taking yeah. a break from fishing i was like oh dang um like drifting down with like corn like uh chumming yeah. with corn and then throwing out treble hooks yeah with, that yeah, that that wasn't something I did not expect to see. No. We were sitting, you know, they came and caught a fish, you know, in the hole we were sitting in. You know, we weren't fishing at the time, so it's like, you know, you can't blame too much. Uh, but then, you know, they float down river, and then they come back up, and the guy driving the boat, like I see him, like, like sprinkle some stuff out one side of the boat, and then sprinkle some stuff out the other side, and it was like bright orange things. Mm-hmm. And then... Then the then the the four of the guys in the boat, you know, a couple of were kids. They they started throwing their their lines in, and I looked over at you, and I'm like, uh, they chumming? And you're like, they're chumming. You know, like at yeah. the same time, you're like, they're chumming. You're like, it just I just didn't even expect that. Like, no, I've the only time I've ever fished that way was for carp yeah. out of a farm pond. Yeah, when I was in high school, yeah. and it was fun to fish that way for them because yeah. they put up a good fight. But yeah, like. You know, we're out here trying to catch, you know, trout on the fly. And, uh, you know, you see what is not really regarded as a as a very challenging way to, to fish. Um, yeah, it was very unexpected. And also unexpected is we finished up dinner or, or uh, breakfast and we're all sitting there fishing. And Jim's like, whoa, I think there's a fish. <laughs> There's a fish, a huge fish, dude, a huge fish. And I'm like, I start kind of making my way that way. I was like, oh, well, cool, what is it? He goes, I think it's a trout. It's it's picking the chum up off the, the bottom. And I come over there, and there is a monster rainbow yep. that is dying. I don't know what happened to it. If it, somebody caught it that morning and let it go, and it just didn't revive well, but... It was, I mean, like it was up in the shallows, like not able to swim. Yeah, it was it's just kinda, just like on its side, up, you know, upside down. Upside down, kind of yeah. like like trying to swim and just hit the bottom. I think yeah. that's why he thought it was eating because it was just kind of swimming, hit the bottom and just floating around. Yeah, and yeah, we we tried to revive it, and yeah, there was there was nothing doing it. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it was that thing was huge. What do you think that thing weighed? I mean, it was it was a good, probably you know, probably three four pounds. Yeah. Which, I mean, for a trout, that's a big fish. Yeah. And, yeah. It was good at least 18, 20 inches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd say so. I'd yeah. say so. I, I didn't, we didn't measure it or anything, but, yeah. It was a big yeah. fish. As, it, as you know, as good or better as I've ever seen anybody catch yeah. down around there. It was cool because, you know, the ones that we caught were, you know, 8, 10 inches, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, it was cool to catch them, but to see that there's actually fish that big, because yeah. the ones they stock are 13 inches. And okay. and so there's a steep to know that they're, you know, they're in there growing and they're getting that big. Yeah. It was, it was really cool to, you know, just, just to see that that's actually happening there. That is really cool. They, I would imagine it's the same as at some other places where they stock. So a lot of what they stock will be the 13 inches and they'll throw in a couple of big mature oh, really? fish too. So yeah. it could be that. Yeah. But I mean, this they didn't they haven't stocked since yeah. the spring, yeah. at least from my understanding of this place. So that fish has survived or had up until that point mm-hmm. for months and months. 
and it wasn't thin like it was it was a healthy fish yeah uh, as far as far as i could tell anyway but yeah so then had that happen and then got everything packed up and started heading down dodging jet boats and yeah. fishing our way along well, that, real quick that uh, i could tell you're really uncomfortable with that fish dying like and then you also when when we were eating the fish that I caught, which I I said well, if I'm gonna catch fish, I want to eat it. You were like, you 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 didn't you didn't feel comfortable with that per se. Like you, I could tell you, you there was emotion there about you know the other fish dying and you know me eating this one. It's so I've you know I've killed trout and eaten them. I I enjoy that. It's a weird thing because catch and release fishing comes with a certain level of attrition Mm -hmm. you're killing fish even if you let you let them go especially Mm -hmm. if you're catching fish with the water temperatures up at all or in stressful environments if you fight that fish for very long at all it the chances of that fish making it aren't good in in a lot of places anyway Mm mm-hmm and you know you work so hard to catch a fish especially trout on the fly you know i i can go out to farm pond and just stack bass like cordwood at different you know at certain times other times you go out and you have a rough time but the pursuit of catching trout on the fly at least for me it's been a very steep learning curve and there have been a lot of times where i've gone out and and had little to no success and so those moments when you catch them like they, they kind of hold some weight mm-hmm. and some of that weight transfers to that fish and so there's there's just something about trout that i hold in high regard yeah and so when i handle and and eat something like that there's a, there's a heaviness that comes with it and when we cook the trout i had already i was full and when I'm hungry, it's a little bit different. Yeah. But when I'm full, like I, I enjoyed eating that. It was really tasty. But it, like I had, like, you know, a couple bites, and I was like, I'm good. Like, yeah. You're like, hey, help me, help me eat this thing. You know, I, I, we, we're not letting any of it go to waste. So I'm full too. I'm like, I, I will, but it, it might upset my stomach a little bit. It's hard for me to describe. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, I'm, I'm good. I, I don't want to. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, it's, it's kind of an odd thing. But I also didn't grow up eating wild game. You know, I that was not part of my childhood. And so it, it has taken me a little bit to uh, to adjust to that. There's, you know, weird mental and emotional uh, hang-ups with that at times. It's something that I want to make sure is not an issue for my son. Yeah. He eats a lot of wild game, and, and we do in our house too. But... Uh, it's weird how it will catch you sometimes. And that was a moment that I was like, I'm, I'm like legitimately full enough where I don't want to eat anything else. Like if I was eating eggs, I'd I'd probably be sick too. (laughs) Um, but yeah, the, the trout wasn't something I wanted to eat a, eat a bunch of, and it was your fish too. Like if it was my fish and I killed it, like it would be a little bit different, but I was like, I want him to enjoy as much of it as possible. Also. I wasn't heart sick about you turning it down because I, you know, like that just means more for me. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I I I I just found that interesting, and uh, you know, I 
Well, I, I can relate to it. Yeah, well, and and with that fish dying too, you know, I don't know what caused it, but I have a hunch that somebody hooked into that fish and, and released it that morning yeah. from the way it was acting. Like it just, fish typically don't look really healthy and no outward signs of anything wrong with it, and and float down the river and not be able to, and then die, you know, yeah. a few minutes later. Like that, that doesn't happen. I think somebody wore that fish out. And that's a real bummer because they're such beautiful fish. And that's why I catch, like catch and release fishing, I love it. And I really enjoy doing it. But there's that dirty little secret that you're running the risk of, uh, of killing something yeah. for no other reason than your own self-gratification. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's you're poking holes in stuff's lips for your, <laughs> for the fun of it, yeah. you know, and it's darn good fun, Yeah, but it's not as harmless as some people would let you believe it to be. And that was a shining moment of like, Oh yeah, this, this comes at a cost. Yeah. Yeah. My first thought was maybe he got hit by a boat. Cause we had just, at that point we'd just seen a bunch of motorboats come by, mm-hmm. but you know, cause I had, I wasn't aware of, of that, but, because, like you said, it was in really good health. I mean, that thing was fat. Yeah. It was a big fish. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't... I, there wasn't any outward signs of trauma or anything. I mean, it's always possible, but... I, I, like I said, I just have a hunch that that's, that's not what happened to it. But yeah. it it was it was an interesting start to our morning. And, yeah. um, you know, you catching that one and getting to eat it, that was, that was good. I know yeah. that was something you really wanted to do, so I was really happy that that... Uh, that happened yeah well that first one i caught you know we were we were in the the first part of the blue ribbon mm-hmm. part of it so it had to be 18 inches for you to keep it right uh but it was you know it was, a, it was a smaller fish and i was happy to let it go i was happy to see it swim off just because i you know i got to catch a trout yeah and uh but then yeah i mean once we got into that second part i'm like if i catch one i'm gonna eat it because there's no there's no size limit mm-hmm. and uh you know it was it was just something really cool to do because i've you know i've eaten fish but growing up in kansas you know you got the only good fish in my opinion you're you know crappie or sunfish mm-hmm. and um uh i'm not a big fan of bass or 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 catfish so being able to eat that nice you know what, fish what out kind of, of catfish have you tried uh just flatheads well I channel cats too when i was good but i you know i've never I'm just now learning how to cook wild game. I mean, I know that there's a process of cooking catfish. Mm-hmm. I've had catfish in a restaurant. It's just bland to me. It's not good. Yeah, I, it's just, I, I it's don't. Just bland. I don't like catfish that much in a restaurant. But Devin's, uh, my my wife, her family mm-hmm. are big catfish people, and so like every year they get together around the fourth, and a lot of times the the uncles and stuff who have caught catfish through the year mm-hmm. will uh, save it up and bring it to that, and it's it's as good as any other fish really? it's just you have to process it the right way get yeah. get the fat off of the fillet because that's what holds the money taste and flathead are are really really good table fare if they're handled right yeah well uh, you know the the more research i do on on cooking wild game especially fish you know the, the more i realize how you know you, you gotta do it right like you yeah. know especially like with, with duck you know you know i eat a lot of duck because i've I hunt ducks with falcons, and it's like you gotta you gotta do it right. If you cook it like you like you would, you know, a pork steak, it's gonna be terrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just you know, 
I, I, I'm not against trying some catfish and stuff like that again, cooking it myself and doing it, doing it the right way. But as a kid, you know, I would go catch catfish and we'd try to eat it and it was terrible. It tasted like mud, you know? Yeah. 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 And those, those skills are not always intuitive. And so it does take time. And, uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of other people that have gone before you to, to teach you those things it is yeah. really helpful, which is one of the, the reasons why uh, me and Graham are kind of setting ourselves up to try and at, at every single year at least one person get them introduced to hunting and take them out and, and help them along the path to developing those long-term skills, not just taking them out one time. Yeah. Because I, I think it's really important that people get out there and see what nature really has to offer yeah. at, at least for me it's been a huge um, a huge part of my life and something i've benefited greatly from and I, I want other people to have that experience yeah well like you i didn't grow up you know my, none of my neither one of my parents were hunters you know i had a friend who i went with him and his dad to go duck hunting and uh you know it's it's i, I had you know i don't have a background in that kind of stuff Right. So, um, um, just like this kind of thing, you know, you, you bring me out here and, you know, kind of setting everything up to do some, some trout fishing has been kind of, it's made me want to, to do more stuff. You know, it's like at the end of this float, you know, it was a, it was a blast of a weekend and, you know, wasn't, you know, we didn't catch any 18 inches, but we caught fish and we had fun and ate some good food and, uh, had some good conversations. But now like, like. I want to go to Wyoming or, you know, Idaho yeah. and like, like catch some, you know, true wild native trout and, yeah. you know, do that kind of thing. Like we were talking about. Yeah, for sure. We're, uh, we're going to get something in the works, man. I, I want to go do something out West where hopefully we can take a week and do, you know, fly falcons hunt over the dogs and fly fish. That's my goal. That would be awesome. Yeah. Just is to do something, all three of those in one trip. Yeah. And I'd love for you to be a part of it. That would be a blast. Yeah. And Graham too, I guess, if he doesn't I, yeah, if he doesn't yeah. wuss out again. <laughs> well, that, uh, is he is he still is he still a hunter and fisherman and falconer or is he just uh know. I think he's just a poser. Just a poser, yeah. <laughs> it happens. I think he just scoops that game up off the road and lets his falcon sit on yeah. it. We can edit this part out, right? <laughs> you can edit this part out. Right? <laughs> Send it straight to Graham. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then once we got underway, uh, I think in the pool right below uh, the ripple where we were camping, I caught one. Yeah. We, were, we were getting ready to go into the uh, into the next ripple. Yeah. And I had cast it out a few times, and I'm just I was retrieving the line back onto the reel to get it. Um, all wrapped up so that we could go through the ripples so I could paddle and, mm-hmm. you know, set the, set the rod down. So it was safe. Cause you'd, uh, no, you, I guess you hadn't broken your rod at that point. Cause you broke it whenever, <laughs> after that was, I got that, was mine. A, that was the next one. I think, I uh, well, I think it was when I got, Oh, mine. okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I just, you know, whatever I, I had been doing that all day where I try and get the line all buttoned up before we go in it. So it's not a tangled mess, the next pool or whatever. 
and I'm just reeling it back and a trout takes it, yeah. you know, about halfway back to the boat and landed that guy, uh, let him go nice. I don't know, probably 12, 13 inch rainbow, something. Um, yeah. And in the process, snap the tip of your fly rod off. Yeah. We were like the, the pool that we were in had sheer cliffs on this, on one side and a little bit of slack water up against those cliffs. Uh, and, and, we kind of swung into that so we could land the fish safely. And Mm -hmm. in the process, the tip got caught on the, on the cliff wall and broke off, unfortunately. Yeah. (sighs) It's, it's okay. It didn't make my cast any worse. (laughs) It didn't improve it either. (laughs) (laughs) Did not, not. but we landed, you, you landed the fish, you know, and that it was, uh, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. And the, those, those cliffs there, like, I don't know what, I don't know if that's granite or, or what, but it's like, it, 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 it's sheer and it's, it, it's really cool because when you're coming upon it like there's just ferns and everything on this wall mm-hmm. and uh you know i just couldn't was not as i was trying to row us back into that place because you had you know fish in one hand and your pole in the other you know I, I set mine down facing forward and just didn't even think about it and yeah. uh you know we we're trying to get us up against that so we could, we could slow down you can land the fish and we can get a, a cool selfie and uh the tip caught it and it was is what it is, but uh, yeah. it wasn't wasn't the worst pole accident of the day. No, no, that came <laughs> later. Um, good excuse to upgrade. Yeah, yeah. Which you just, yeah. just got to get a nicer one now. Yeah, that's just fine. Yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we we kept on floating down, trying to make sure the gym was okay, because uh, we'd fish a pool, and then we'd look over there. And Jim is just sitting in his boat, or in, or in his canoe, not paddling, not fishing, s- not fishing, staring off on the bank, all the way through the pool. <laughs> we get down towards where he was. I'm like, "Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, good. Having a great time." Yeah, genuinely, yeah. He's like, "Yeah, yeah that's just, I'm just enjoying this nature. You know, I'm, yeah, I, I like yeah. watching you guys catch fish." It was it was just a funny sight because you know we'd be fishing, we'd look over, and he's just kind of. Floating along there, just being happy. Um, yeah, at the rest, the rest of the float wasn't as eventful because we got a, a few follows back to the boat, or mm-hmm. close enough where we could see. On, um, I think you had one or two on your spin caster, and I think I maybe had one or two on. I think I was throwing a, a spin, I was throwing the spin caster and I got a couple of follows from like one bass and maybe one trout, mm-hmm. but didn't get any commitments on those. That was the I think that was the last fish we caught, and kind of fished our yeah. way down. And as we're going along, the the river kind of mellowed out a little bit um, in large part. There was a few good ripples here and there, but mm-hmm. in in large part, it kind of flattened out a little bit um, and and calmed down. And we just came through this ripple. And we float past this big brown thing, and you're like, that was a fish. And I looked at it, I was like, dude, that was a log. What are you talking about? <laughs> and, and, I, and you're like, no, that was a fish. I'm pretty sure it was a trout. And so I got we, offended. I was offended that you're like, no, that's a log. Well, okay, to be fair, <laughs> you had said there's a fish here at one point, and it was grass, which, I mean... It, it looks fishy. It's, it's, it looked it, like a fish. It, it, it can be really deceiving that there... 
you look down and there's a piece of grass that's the perfect shape of a fish and it's waving back and forth in the current you know it really makes it look like there is a fish there but so we're like okay well if it was a fish then that was a huge fish let's go look at it so we go by and sure enough i mean the if it was a trout i don't know i didn't get a great look at it i got a good look at the tail and it was the shape of a trout tail for sure like I don't know what else is in that river that would be that big. Yeah. But no joke, the biggest trout I've ever seen. Even yeah. like even the stuff at Bass Pro, like dwarfed those fish. Like, yeah. I I don't know what the well, state record rainbow is, but this fish would give it a run for its money. Yeah. Oh, and it, it was or, or not rainbow, state record trout. Yeah, cuz it, it was a brown. It, it seemed a, it seemed darker. It was a darker yeah, color, but you know, it wasn't that deep. It definitely was not, you know, a catfish. You know, the no. only thing I, it could have possibly been was a carp, but it was it was not like yellow. Like I've like I'm not familiar familiar with carp down here, but like you know, carp I see are like yellow or golden or you know they're light colored. This was a darker colored mm-hmm. and fish. Same with buffalo and it suckers. They're that kind of yellow golden color. It yeah, was, it was dark like the back of and a it trout. Mo- it moved fast. Like we yeah. when we came past, it spooked and just kind of like. Yeah. I'm, so if if you're listening to this, you can go look at the video uh, version of this podcast. I'm going to hold my hands up and show an approximation of what <laughs> I can tell that fish to be. And this, yeah, no, it was. I mean, every bit, probably what three feet long. Yeah. yeah. Like not not it joking, a huge. monster monster fish. Yeah. And and again, not positive that well, it was a trout, but whatever it was, that was a big fish. Well, the first time we passed it, when I seen it, it, it was just kind of cruising upstream and it was it was very streamlined and you know you know like when you said oh no it's just a log like i was like in the back of my mind i'm second guessing because it was you know it was you got a much better look at it yeah i was like there's there's no way that's a fish just based off of the size of what i was looking at and there were weeds where we were at that looked similar to uh, fish we had just been past i was like eh, no Um, yeah, you gave me was. that same look right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it was a fish, man. I, you were yeah. definitely right, and I, I ate my crow. It was you were right. Yeah, um, and that was that was really cool to get to see that. Um, and as as we kind of went along further on, we were trying to fish deeper and and find the spots, and we kept getting snagged. And at one point, Chris got snagged real bad um, on something down like in a in a part that was moving fairly fast didn't flip the bail on his pole set it down to try and uh, when you get snagged a lot of times you're getting snagged upstream of where you're at Mm -hmm. and so you gotta uh, row and get back upstream of it and usually if you do that it comes loose at the very least you don't want to just keep drifting downstream because you're going to just get further and further and it's not going to pop off or whatever it's hung up on doing that and when he did that uh when he got when he didn't flip the bale open rod got pulled out of the canoe he almost followed it (laughs) uh tipped it so much that the lip of the canoe started going under i lean over hard the (laughs) other way and get it pulled up and I like I could have reached, but I was like, if I reach, like this whole canoe's going over. So like I, we let it go down. You said you saw it a couple times. The water was like so murky there that 
in that particular spot. Yeah. We just couldn't see the bottom. Yeah, yeah, we worked our way up there like three or four times. The first time we worked our way upstream and then came back to where I thought it was, I seen it. But it's like, you know, the only thing I could have done was bail off the the canoe at that point and yeah. wasn't an option. And then we kept looking for it a little longer and just, just never seen it. But, you know, the we kept getting snagged on these rocks. The rocks there are, are just brutal. Like there's a lot of like crevices and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're walking through it, you know, walking through the rocks to, to get into a good casting spot, like, you know, you're slipping and there's there's big rocks and little rocks. And I, I pulled up, I snagged or caught rocks at least two or three times, you know, just little rocks that came up on my, on my fly. Yeah. You know, it was, there's just something about the, the geography there. Um, but, uh, so I got, I'd got snagged on a rock previous to the, to me losing my rod and, uh, um, I didn't open the bale. You know, I just kind of let it, you know, I had my, uh, what, what is that thing where you like loosen it and, and tighten it? Drag. The drag. Sorry. Um, I had my drag kind of, kind of set where it would, it would pull it out while we were kind of floating downstream and trying to work our way back up to, to get out the snag. Yeah. And I just kind of, I'd set my pole down. It was kind of, the boat would kind of keep it. Well, you know, this, when I lost my, my pole, um, I did the same thing, but we were kind of at an angle where it kind of slid, you know, along the side of the boat because I had let go of it to grab my paddle so I could, you know, help paddles back upstream mm-hmm. and then just slid right off. And like you said, I almost dumped us and, uh, I was worried about you too. That was a dangerous section yeah. to try and like, I'm glad we didn't end up having to, but to try and be in that swimming would have been a problem yeah. because it was, I don't know what, like four plus foot deep yeah. and pretty quick current. So you like, it's yeah. hard to get stopped whenever you're going and, and unpredictably, I mean like rocks the size of a man, you know, like big, big boulders there. You, know, you it would have been rough. Yeah, I'm. I'm in hindsight. I'm glad I did not get in the water because I kept. I kept debating on whether I should just yeah. swim out there and and try to, because it wasn't. It was probably four feet deep when I seen it. You know, there were that mm-hmm. little section of rocks there where I got snagged up on. Um, but it's. I mean, it's. Thankfully, it wasn't that expensive. Yeah, rod. it wasn't. It was. It was a cheapo rod that I bought just for the trip, but it was. Uh, Still, you don't like. I mean, it was. It was kind of a bummer. Yeah, because I. You know, we were kind of towards the end of the float, and like, I, I, I know Jim was done fishing. I feel like you were like done fishing, and I was like, I was getting there. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was in the front of the boat, so you know, you're kind of steering, and I'm just kind of casting. Yeah, and, which I tried to do that some and, for you because I was really hoping that you were going to catch one on the fly yeah. on this trip. So I was trying to be a guide, and I probably should have done that a little mo- bit more and given you a better opportunity. But I'm a little greedy. I, I, I want to fish too. I had so, plenty of opportunities. But. Well, you know, I I watched you and Jim cast and fish some, and you and you and I, and uh, hopefully Graham because he's a lot more well versed and articulate in being able to um, convey things to to people that are just starting. We need to take a trip to the Nyingua or, or somewhere where you can get a lot of casting practice mm-hmm. because it's really it's really difficult in places that you've never been. And when you're fairly inexperienced at fly fishing to catch anything like you, because even like a hook set is tough at times, Mm -hmm. depending on where you're at. 
And so if you don't get that many opportunities to try that because you're not in the strike zone as much because your casting isn't, you know, all that it could be, it makes the odds of you actually bringing a fish to the net pretty slim. And one thing that I was benefiting from that you guys were struggling with is being able to cast a little bit farther so that Mm -hmm. I could cover more water. And so that's something that we need to take some, if, if it's something you want to do, take some time to put a little bit of oomph in your cast so that you can cover a little bit more water and and up those odds of, oh, hey, there's a seam that's just a little bit too far for me to wade out to. I need to be able to cast far enough so that I can get upstream enough to get it down to where the fish would be, excuse me, and keep it there long enough to increase the odds of me actually hooking up because if if you can't cast far or you know as, as far as you need to you either have to wait out further which is tough mm-hmm. in a lot of places it's just not possible or you just you're not getting to where the fish are yeah. and you know you're you might be in the strike zone of a fish but it's not enough of a time, you know, or of a percentage to, to, to bring it to the net, basically, you know, where your, your the odds aren't in your favor, and so that's that's one thing that I've benefited from through, over the past few years is I've gone, you know, a trip here, a trip there, a trip here, so that, you know, my casting is far from perfect, but I can get it out there if I need to, and and fish a lot of water that way that you guys were struggling with a little bit that I probably should have taken a little bit. The problem is I don't know what I'm doing and it's hard for me to tell you what to do when I'm not exactly sure what you're doing wrong. (laughs) Um, I did tell Jim something that, uh, that helped him and then he stopped doing it. Um, which I I meant to ask him about that if there was a reason for it, but he was like casting in kind of a circular motion, Mm -hmm. which I mean, it reduces, I guess, some of the length of your back cast if you've got stuff behind you, but you're creating a bunch of additional drag vectors. You, know, you want it to be all linear. Um, you know, you you want your fly rod to to follow the same path so that those loops um, stay in line with each other, so that you're not having all this drag from the from the side. You know, mm-hmm. it's all going in the same line. And that, t- you know, you can cast that way like he was, but doing that and being able to actually shoot a bunch of line out so that you can get some distance on the cast, it just doesn't work well. Yeah. But I was having to le- relearn how to roll cast where we were at uh, fishing off of our campsite, which I haven't done in a long time uh, because we had all that foliage and stuff yeah. right behind the uh, the camp there. Yeah, I I did learn a lot of new things, and you know, you know, just how to fish in a river, you know, using yeah. nymphs and streamers and stuff like that. So I, you know, it was it was really beneficial, even though I didn't catch a, a trout or anything. Well, got minnows, but anything, you know, I didn't catch a trout on a fly rod. Um, you know, just just learning, you know, those basics was is really helpful. You know, and I feel a little more confident, and uh, definitely need to work on casting and. Um, I'd love to come out and, you know, fish some of these, you know, other rivers and you're, you're welcome like anytime, man. I'm, I'm really hoping that, uh, we get to see some more of each other through the summer here. Yeah. Cause there's, there's lots of opportunities to go on little adventures like that. Even if it's, you know, you come down 
crash for a night and then we just go fish the Nyingua for the morning or you know half the day or whatever and then mm-hmm. call it a day but it, being consistent and getting out there and doing it multiple times you'll find it like you build those skills pretty quickly a whole lot faster than just doing it here and there you know once a year or whatever and it can it, it's really frustrating at first because you don't know what you're doing wrong and then you start kind of putting some pieces together uh it, it's more enjoyable although it also can be frustrating at times whenever you feel like you're doing everything right or at least somewhat right and you still not catch anything because yeah. who knows why but the bite's not hot at that moment i guess well, I, I found it interesting like you know i, I kept coming back to uh you know why am i why am i using a fly you know because I, yeah. I i spent 90 percent of the time fly fishing you know throwing mm-hmm. nymphs throwing streamers you know and you know the other 10 percent that i wasn't you know i was using my spin caster with uh you know a little rooster tail and mm-hmm. that's when i caught fish you know it's like yeah and then we've seen the, those guys chumming and using you know power bait or whatever it was you know and they were catching fish and it's like you know why you know why am i quote unquote wasting my time doing this but you know then i you know came to the realization you know those guys are just out here doing it just to catch you know just to catch fish like you yeah. know they're, they're it's it's easy to do it like that you know it's just like in falconry you know there's always that that uh that that escalation um you know in difficulty that you that you strive for you know sure yeah it's it's along along a similar vein of why I'm drawn to long wings and I think you are too is the challenge of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's dynamic and it's there's there's something about those difficult pursuits that add value and I also really enjoy learning. Mm-hmm. I, and we talked about this the other night where it's like there, there's just something about coming into something as you know an apprentice you know as somebody at the at the ground level and working your way up and those difficult pursuits that take time when you really get to the place that you have a good firm understanding of that or a a, a high level of ability those those are pretty powerful things in your life. And for me, they've helped shape who I am, you know, bow hunting, falconry, you know, even other forms of fishing too, um, that I've done in the past that aren't easy to, to get right and to, to find success in. And, and fly fishing is definitely among those things. It's super challenging. I don't feel like I have a good grasp on it. I have a lot to learn but I enjoy it. It's really fun. And I've resisted it at first. I had a fly rod ever since high school, but Graham started getting into it and he kept trying to talk me into it. I'm like, dude, I need to be weeding out hobbies, not adding (laughs) to it. And he talked me into it. And I just, I knew that I would, it's become a passion of mine. Um, And you know, one other thing about fly fishing over spinning gear is 
it does give you an ability to fish different stuff as well. Yeah. You know, like you can't cast a nymph with a spinning rod. Yeah. Not easily anyway. And not of any length. You you can you can do it with a fly rod. And in certain areas that's a very effective way to fish. Yeah. So there it's not all uh just because of the challenge you can do different presentations that you can't you simply can't do with a spinning rod but it is definitely more challenging and it's it's kind of you know why i enjoy like bow hunting over rifle hunting like you have to be doing more things right for it all to come together unless you're just lucky like that one of me reeling in (laughs) like i wasn't even fishing i was (laughs) I was just trying to get the line back on the reel so we could not uh, capsize. But it uh, was there anything else that happened that we need that we wanted to talk about? Um, no, I mean you know the you know on a on a lower note you know the the disappointing end of our you know our, our float with all the motorboats. Yeah, that you was. Know, that, I was going to talk about that. It was this that weird. Is this weird like uh, cre- uh, crescendo? Yeah. We start out. We're the only truck in the parking lot, and there's nobody else around. Nobody else on the river for the first like hour plus. Yeah, at least, yeah. And then oh, there's one guy here, one guy there. Oh, look at that guy. He's got a dog on his boat that's about two inches from taking on water. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so it's like, man, how fun is this? And then we start seeing a few more people in kayaks and canoes, and, and it was no big deal. And then we tried to find a, a camping spot. Yeah. And like, we had already passed that first one, and it was like they were just completely full up. Yeah. And then and we passed thirty drunken frat guys on yeah. an island. We're like, okay, well, at least we're past them. Yeah. And then it just kept more people and more people and more boats and more boats until we get to the takeout. And literally the entire shore is full of canoes that people have brought and rental canoes. Mm-hmm. I don't know, probably what, 50, 60 people yeah. sitting, just sitting on the bank with a rope swing <laughs> off a tree. And we're like, man, this is like, it's, it's not what we expected, no. you know, at the takeout compared to where we put in at. Which, I mean, I, I guess probably a lot of people don't put in at Greer because there's a lot of dangerous rapids and stuff up above that. I mean, I say dangerous. Like, in most places, it's like six foot deep at, at, in the rapids at the deepest. Yeah. So, in a lot of places, it's a lot less than that. So yeah. You know, and Jim didn't seem to have, you know, that much of an issue getting through them. No. But he was one guy, and he had, you know, a couple buckets of stuff. He was really lightweight you know yeah where we were uh uh what do you, uh, what do you call it? battleship you <laughs> yeah. know trying to steer these little channels um but i mean it was you know precarious at least yeah but uh yeah it was just you know at that i think one of the last places we tried to actually fish you know a little at the bottom end of some little rapids mm-hmm. uh we were sitting there fishing and you know two three boats go by you know and we you know then we're dealing with the you know two foot wakes Hitting us while we're sitting there trying to fly fish, you know, it just kind of took from the, uh, uh, the, the, you know, the experience. Experience, thank yeah. you. Yeah, uh, 
after the second or third one went by, I was like, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I'm I, done. Yeah. I, I, I felt the exact same way. I looked over at you and I started reeling my, my <laughs> pull up. You started reeling your line in and you were like, all right, we're getting out of here. Yeah, and at that point, it's like, okay, there's just there's too much. We're not catching anything. Mm. I don't, you know, it's hard telling. There could have been 150 trout down there for all I know. But it just didn't feel that way. I was like, yeah, I don't feel like, you know, I feel like the the best is behind us. Let's yeah. just uh, head on down and, and call it a day before we're all too frustrated to talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that top half, that top two-thirds – you know, or the two thirds of the top half, you know, yeah. they were, there was really good, really good area. And I, I wish we would have spent more time up there Same. and, um, maybe found a, a place to, to camp out up there and, um, no quieter place, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The spot we camped was, was perfect, man. It was, it was good. It's quite enjoyable until yeah. until the people interrupted us. But at that point, it was already kind of late in the morning. We had slept in a little bit. Yeah, uh, I had a really great time. And any uh, any closing remarks or anything? I mean, I just you know I appreciate you inviting me out here. You know, it's been and a real adventure. Um, you know, something I hope to do again in the future. It was fun. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're gonna have to plan an annual thing. Yeah, definitely. At least. And absolutely. Like I said, I, I sincerely hope we get to spend some more time together this summer and definitely this fall. We're going to have to do some hawking together. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. We can. We got a couple peregrines, and there's going to be a lot of ducks to slay, I hope. Yeah, yeah, if I can get her to cooperate. Fingers crossed. That's what you get for trapping. February tra- can't come here soon enough. That's She's, what you get for trapping a tundra. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I'll be, I'll be lucky to fly by next fall at the rate that yeah, she's right. bolting. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully she'll be done in time to get going at a decent time. If not, I guess we'll be flying with some multi-knitted feathers. <laughs> there you go, we'll man. Got to do what you got to do. Yep. All right, man. Thanks for coming down. Graham, you missed out. Maybe uh, maybe next time if you're invited. Yeah, we might let you catch a fish. Yeah. Jim didn't catch anything. We got to mention that. Oh, you had to mention that? Yeah, we got to burn him a little bit. As I know. He, from the get-go, he's like, I'm not going to catch the thing. Don't, just don't stress me. I'm like, that was my goal. That was the one goal that I didn't meet is you ca- you catching something on the fly and same with Jim. Yeah. I caught a, a couple, and I felt lucky to have caught those. Like, if I wouldn't have caught anything, I would have felt bad. I just didn't – I didn't want to get skunked because yeah. I know Graham went out there and got skunked. So I was like, <laughs> I got to at least catch one. And I caught that one, the pressure was off. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great time. And uh, we'll uh, we'll have to do it again for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, guys, and happy hawking. <laughs>